0: Keep it real simple, keep it real simple.
1: him on that six string son Sammy just tearing it up boy how about that long haired guy back there playing that bass son hey listen we really do just thank you so much man. on a rainy weekend here in the Shreveport Bossier you got up and you made it so give yourselves a round of applause you made it here come on y'all you did good come on now why do I applaud you because it is easy to sleep in on a day like today so many of you that are watching at home or you are somewhere other than Shreveport Bossier area thank you so much for tuning in this morning I want to tell you that this series has been on my heart for a long time and it's going to be hopefully very helpful to everyone that watches and you might want to share it with someone. I don't say that to go viral, I don't share say that to try to, you know, say, "Oh, look at us what we're doing." I say it because I'm going to be working through the why question. This whole idea of why. Now, You may not have had anything bad happen in your life, but you would be in the minority. Most of us can relate to this whole idea of saying, why do bad things happen to good people? Why are we having to walk through all this? So share it with someone if you know they're going through a hard time, because I hopefully will be able to encourage them over the next three weeks or so, all right? So let's have a little fun, because we're going to get a little heavy today, but let's start off and ask a question you've probably heard. If you grew up in church... I want you to fill in the blank as I say this next statement. Are you ready? Here it is. God is good. And all the time God is good, brother. Amen, amen, amen. Well, the truth is, here's a little pastor confession for you. It sure don't look like it most of the time. So I know we have these little catchphrases. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. Well, this pastor right here, been doing ministry 30 years or so. I can be absolute honest when I say, I don't know about that. Many times when I look around and see what's going on, I'm like, man, what is going on? Now, I know we got to stay positive, and by nature, I'm a very positive guy. But if we're keeping honest and being real and walking through things, this is what I mean. When you turn on the news and you see these images, mass shootings this past week or so, the last couple of weeks, West Coast, you know, East Coast, right here close Texas you could go on and on you turn on the news you may well let me change the channel and you go on over and then you see war Ukraine and here's the thing we're in America so it's kind of distant we turn on the news we turn the channel but to think that right now there are mass graves there are children being massacred innocently I start going God is good all the time I don't know man I don't know about this And then as you know, last week I got COVID. I'm one of the last guys in America to get it. But here we are. I get it. And I start reflecting on the fact that I am thankful that I survived. And I know everybody's going, you know, come on, man. There's so many people. But I want to remind you. And I was a part of this for the last two years. Many of you and many of your extended family lost a loved one. And over one million people in the U.S. alone died. So I pulled this little clip just to remind you of the pain for many, many Americans, whether you agree or disagree, let's agree that people are hurting. Watch.
2: It's perhaps the grimmest milestone of the pandemic. At least one million COVID deaths in the U.S., according to an official NBC News count. That number is
0: devastating. But in the modern context, a million deaths in a very advanced country is
2: unthinkable. One million is much more than just a number for so many Americans. Lisa Wilson in Palm Beach County, Florida, lost her grandmother, Lily May,
0: to COVID last summer.
2: It was so terrifying. Um, my aunt called me one Sunday morning, I think, and, and she said something is wrong with her. She was uh, laid across the bed and she was like gasping for air. She was gasping for air. In all, six relatives claimed by COVID. <laughs> It was very, very hard. We love you.
1: I don't know if you heard that or not. Six of her relatives passed away.
2: And I'm thinking, man.
1: So we all have our views and everybody makes these comments. But what I realize as a pastor, and I can be so insensitive at times and not thinking through everything clearly, I'll make a statement, but I don't think about the other person in their reality. I thought about in our local area. Black, white, young, old. Way too many died. And we all ask, and I was with a lot of these families that we did the funerals, we talked to them, and one of their questions is, why? why? Why do you survive, Justin? And why does somebody else just have like a minor cold, but yet my relative's gone? Then we pull into staff meetings. So here's a little inside look into the staff meeting. We put all the staff together in a circle. We get together on Monday mornings about 9.30, and we start with prayer time. And we've moved prayer time sometimes to the beginning, sometimes to the end. And then I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, i got to skip prayer time this week. They're like, Pastor, you're skipping prayer time? I'm like, because it depresses me. I get here on Monday morning, and what happens is everyone around the room has someone, whether in their family or extended family or friends, and it starts piling on we got this funeral going on. We've got this brain tumor. we got this cancer. we got this surgery. we got, and it just, the job loss. And I mean, it's just like, and the next thing you know, I'm like, God's good all the time. And we're going, no, oh, no. So then this is what happens. This is why I've been working on this series, but I'm gonna be honest, the funeral of Landry, the 13th, this is what drove me to go ahead. We're talking about this. Why does God let All this bad stuff happened. I mean, you've probably thought it. Most of us get it. We even understand the concept of bad decisions have consequences. I mean, we kind of understand. So, if you were to go right off the bat and go, "Well, it's because you know people make bad decisions and those bad decisions have consequences," and I get it. So, just to lighten it up, because you know I got to keep it light a little bit. What does a bad decision that have consequences look like? Well, this is the lighter side of it. But laugh a little. Watch. Now, I, don't, now, I don't know how she got in that basketball, go. <laughs> but we understand like when a kid does something like that, they're like, man, you just need to be stuck. You know, you're stupid, you know, and we get it. We go, hey, I understand, you know, bad decisions have bad consequences, but what is hard to understand is I'm doing good things, I'm doing good, I wear the t-shirt, I help the homeless, I'm doing all this stuff to help all these people, and bad stuff still happens, why, I mean why in the world, I'm a good person, why me, and then if we doesn't have anything going on in our own life, we go the next phase, it's like they're good people, I mean, man, they're doing the right thing. Why them? And I'll give you a great example right here in our church. I could go through Mike Kemp. I could go through all these different people. But I'm going to focus on one of my heroes in life, Miss Susan George. This lady right here has been instrumental in my life for a long time. Sweetest, kindest, most loving, behind-the-scenes person. She'd be mortified that I'm talking about her and never would want to see her picture on the screen. But this is Isaac, Chip and Julie's son, which now is much older than that. That just lets you know how long she has been serving behind the scenes. This woman is Jesus personified, and she gets cancer. And I'm going, why Susan George? I mean, Susan is, she married Lake. She puts up with Lake. She has enough bad in her life, all right? It's a joke, Lake. I love you. But all of a sudden now, do we going through cancer? So I'm not an expert. You probably have something serious that you have experienced or someone you've experienced and you've asked the same question. Why them? Why me? I'm going to try to help you as we walk through this. And we're going to start with Scripture because thank God. That's why I love Jesus so much is that by his word, he gives you some help to go. Let me walk you through this. So this is John chapter 9. Okay, let's look at this. While Jesus was walking, he saw a man who had been blind since the time he was born. So he sees this guy and some bad things happen to him, obviously. Jesus' followers asked him, teacher, why was this man born blind? So this is the why. Why? Why was he blind? Why cancer? Why death? Why go through all? Why job loss? Why the divorce? Why, why, why? And we've all thought this before, but this is what's awesome is that we have it written down and they asked Jesus. Like, this is where I'm going, going, thank God somebody asked it. But then they go next level because we also think this as well. As it continues on, whose sin made it happen? Don't we think that? They made bad choices. Well, that's just, you know, they're, it's, it's going to come and get you sooner or later. Was it, was it his own sin or was it his parents' sin? <laughs> Oh, it's just a curse of our family. We've always had addicts. We've always just gone through bad things. And it's the Kennedy curse. It's just the way it is. Was it his parents? Was it his own sin? And whether that's personal belief or an assumption on our part, we believe this. It's somebody's fault. And I think the reason we say this, and this is what the disciples were asking. Like, man, this guy's blind. Man, is it his sin or is it his parents' sin? What's the reason? Because we're all trying to make sense of the pain that we experience. I mean, if you're really walking through this, this is me too. I'm going like, I'm trying to make sense of why we're doing a funeral for a 13-year-old who's sitting in her living room, doing nothing wrong. I don't understand it. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going, I don't, I don't really get this. So I'm trying to make sense of it. And they're going like, as they were walking through, it's like, who sinned? What's going on here? So then this is the part that's going to blow your mind. So then Jesus answers the ultimate question. Jesus answers and he says, it was not any sin of this man or his parents that caused him to be blind. He said, don't blame either the man or his parents for what's going on in his life. He gives you the next little part. He's like, well, what do we blame? How do we do this? Why are we going through all this? And then he says, he was born blind so that It could be used to show the great things God can do. Now that is powerful, but I'm going to be honest with you. We kind of get this. If you grew up in church, if you're a pastor, you're a Christian, you've been around, you go, God has a way to do some good things out of it, and there's always something good going to come out of it. And we we get it, and we believe that. But I'm going to tell you honestly, transparently, my initial reaction. That's jacked up. And it seems very selfish, God, that what you're saying is, is we're gonna have to go through all of this. So I'm gonna get cancer so you can reveal something good. I don't know about all that, God. That's your way, God? I mean, we gotta go through this because you're gonna reveal yourself. And so we go through murders. I mean, I had another horrific situation this weekend. Chaplain this weekend, and we have a. 16-year-old killed in a car wreck and all this stuff is going on because they're running from the police and the poor police officer is messed up because he runs on it. And see, and I'm sitting here going, okay, so this is somehow God because you're going to do something? That's your way. And then this is what I love about Jesus. He's like, hey, Justin, no, let me say something to you real clear. And everybody get this because maybe me and you're on the same page. Jesus reminds him, it's not my way. It is just the way it is. And so you go, Well, what do you mean that? What do you mean? He goes, Well, let me give you a little history lesson because if you didn't grow up in church or you don't study scripture or you don't know what the word says, like me, sometimes I got to go back and go, Wait a second, Jesus, if you said this blindness happened so that God can be revealed, He can do something cool in it, it feels like it's your way. He goes, No, that's not my way. This started way before I was walking this planet. So Paul. Writing the letter to the Romans, to the church of Rome, goes back and even is kind of walking through this himself. Look at this, Romans 5.12. Sin came into the world because of one man, right? What one man did and every man goes, and don't forget the woman because, all right, I know. But here's the thing. We're quick to blame and judge and look for all this, but this is what Jesus was basically referring to. Hey, I'm on this planet now. But this sickness and this blindness and this disease and this murder and this, all this junk we're going through, this war, this is not my way. This was his way. This was your way. Because this is the thing, we have our own way. When Adam and Eve had a chance to do anything and everything, what what did they do? They didn't do the right thing so then I want to blame them. You're probably like me. How come you just couldn't eat the apple? Well, because the woman, that was the woman's fault. I don't care. Here's the thing. We love to blame the woman. We love to blame Adam and Eve. And here's the fact. You know the story. But guess what? You ready for this? We sure keep sinning. How come you don't just quit sinning? How come you just don't do the next right thing tomorrow or today? It's because inside of us, It's messed up. And it wasn't the way God intended it. It was not the way that Jesus wanted it. God did not say, let me create this world and screw everything up. No, that was the fall of man. That was sin. And when that took that path, when free will led us to, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do and you ain't going to stop me. The next thing you know, sin enters the world and we have been on this ride and we're going, my gosh, why are we having to go through all this? In Romans, it continues when it says this. And with that sin came death. One man came in, right? Sin, and sin came death. So this is why all people must die, because all people have sinned. And this is why when we're quick to blame somebody else or point the finger at someone else, what I want you to understand is we're all in the same category. There's nobody better than anybody else. You haven't arrived. You haven't figured it out. If you think you have, go start a cult somewhere because you're jacked up. Because the truth is, we haven't, none of us have got it figured out and we won't get it right. I don't care how much Bible study you have, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you still have sin in your life and you still struggle. And how I know this is because we have something called free will. (laughs) Free will equals sin. All people have sin in their life. It doesn't matter how they are because from the very beginning it started and it has happened and we've been on this crazy ride for now a long time now you keep thinking was like well man maybe if we were just different because really we're good there's a lot of good stuff there how you know we're all messed up is all you have to do is look at kids can I get an amen on that (laughs) if you've ever raised kids looked at kids you're like I'm just gonna leave them alone for five minutes what could possibly happen they're just so little angels oh my gosh I love them they're just so sweet innocent and good here's a video to prove wrong watch
0: oh my god Luna, really?
1: Really. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody in here is like, how many times have you thought it? Like, really? You going to really sin again? She's like, really? (laughs) Because this is what we know. Sin is real. It's a part of the world we live in. But here's the thing. It's fun for a minute. Can I get an amen on that? But then here's the part that gets us. Sin equals pain, sickness, and death. This is just the way it leads. You think you're going to get away with, man, I'm going to have one drink. I'm going to party tonight. I'm going to give it this one girl. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to spend my money the way I want. I'm going to boom, 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 it begins to get you. And so as this sin has come to the world, it messed everything up, the good and the bad. Even when you're trying to do good, you still got sin. So sometimes it's somebody else's sin. Sometimes it's your own. Sometimes it's just the fact that from the very beginning, all of this pain has come in and we're having to walk through and navigate and it's frustrating. And we start going, man, I'm tired of all this. And Andy Stanley, I'm gonna do a message next week that you wanna miss, because I mean, you don't wanna miss because I'm gonna continue it, but it's gonna stream. We're no services in here, so you can go do with family, enjoy your Memorial Day, but watch it because here's one of the things I got from Andy. Andy says, here, because of this fact, you can't pray it away, you can't faith it away, and you can't obey it away. Everybody's want to go, well, just pray harder. If you had better you know, prayer life, if you had a stronger faith, if you could just be more obedient. No, the truth is you're going to experience it. I'm going to experience it. And how we know this is Jesus experienced it. Experienced what? Pain, the effects of sin, a world full of sin. And that pain caused him pain. Christ also suffered, Peter said. He died for all of us guilty sinners. He took on all of our pain. He knew what it was like. And man, he's like, man, this is the deal. He suffered as a result of it. He knows this world. He knows the pain that's in this world. So much so that when he experienced this world, you got to remember this. I'm fixing to give you the good news because all of this junk that we're going through, the big why, Jesus was walking through going the same thing. God, this ain't the way it's supposed to be. Man, I hate seeing people going through this. Man, I hate this guy being blind and this guy having leprosy. And this person being possessed, and this person you know walking through all of this tragedy and difficult circumstance and situation, Jesus, thank God. you want to talk about why you love Jesus, why I love Jesus? He didn't step in heaven. We don't have some God who's distant from us. He sent his son to walk on this planet, and as he walked on this planet, it hurt him, just like it hurts me and you. You want a scripture to scripture memorize? I always do this at a funeral just because it's a story, my mom helped me with. I got in the car one time and leaving Westside Baptist. My mom said, have you memorized any here today? My mom, she was trying to get me in shape. I was like, yeah, mom, I got one. John 1135. was like, what in the world is that? And Here it is. Y'all ready? Boom! When the car pulled over, I blacked out. I don't remember anything after that. Because here was the whole deal. She was like, you smart aleck. Two words, but you remember that. Somebody goes, do you know any scripture? John eleven thirty-five. 35, Jesus cried. But here's the thing. At 52 years old, he cried because it was jacked up. What was he crying over? Lazarus, death. When all his friends had gathered up and Lazarus in the grave, and they're going, where are you at, Jesus? How come it has to be this way? And if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And they're getting into a pretty good fight. And Jesus was three days late. And all of a sudden, he just feels their pain This is why I was standing on this stage and we're burying a baby. I know that he cries with us. He feels our pain. And this is why I love Jesus. You don't have to like him. I mean, listen, forget religion, forget church. You better hang on to Jesus. And this is one reason why. You ready? It's because he don't just cry with you and he don't just feel your pain. That dude fixes stuff you can't fix. He solves the problem. Because you know what happened with Lazarus, right? <laughs> Wasn't long, he's like, Lazarus, come on out. Why? Because sin, disease, the fall of man had led to death that's coming to all of us. And Jesus hates death. He didn't like to see it, he didn't like to deal with it, he didn't like seeing you go through it. And in the midst of it, just as a little sidebar, he didn't like having to go through it either. If you remember while he's in this, God, is there any other way? Do we really have to do this? This ain't going to be good. God, is there any other way? I mean, take, take this cup from me, God. Do something different because I'm telling you, this is not going to go well. But he did it for you and I because he knew you need hope. I need hope. We need the answers. We need to be able to get through this. So back to Paul, writing the letter to the Romans in Rome, Rob five fifteen, he says, For this one man, Adam, brought death to many. Remember when we went through this? Wasn't because of you, wasn't because of me. It happened, and we're in it. But look at the good news. But this one man, Jesus, this is why I love Paul, man. He's like, oh, by the way, yeah, it's jacked up. We're going to go through all this. But hey, this one man, Adam, screwed all this up for us. But this one man, Jesus, he made it right, didn't he? He gives you forgiveness, and he gives you God's mercy. Because Jesus came to fix what you and I cannot fix. I can't fix people murdering each other in the streets of Shreveport. I can't fix cancer. I can't fix all this disease. I can't fix this pain. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I'm going to trust Jesus because he is the only one that can fix it and will fix it. So you go with Justin. Doesn't it make your headache hurt? I mean, your head hurt when you're going through all this? Yes. And I'm not alone either. Look at Psalm 73. Still, when I tried to figure it all out, all I got was a splitting headache. So sometimes do I sit there and just go, I don't understand it, man. Why is this happening? Why is it? I don't know. But then this is the hope we have. But until I entered the sanctuary of God. Where's the sanctuary of God? Heaven. In his presence. Then I saw the, what's the last two words there? The whole thing. See, we don't get it on this side. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't explain it. I'm not here to go, well, brother, you're, there's a reason we're just gonna have to no because the truth is you don't want to hear that when it's your child when it's your cancer when it's your loved one it was your husband it's your spouse no i don't like all that but what i'm trying to tell you as we walk through this is i know there's a day we'll get the whole picture the big picture of heaven and it may win today sin might win today but I wanted to cuss so bad right then. Jesus, thank you for letting me gear that down. But dad gummit, it ain't going to win forever. Sin may win today. You might get me today. It might not go well when I walk out there. And there may be another story that I can't explain and I don't get it. And while you're having to go through your parents dying and having to go through all this pain and difficulty and struggle, and it just don't make it. But I'm going to tell you, it may not get me today. I may not understand it today, but boy, I tell you what, it ain't going to win forever. Revelation 21, 4, you don't want to know why I love Jesus and hope? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more grief, crying, pain because the first things, sin, the first things, they've disappeared. I mean, this stuff is going to be gone. So this world, when you have an experience like we're going through, through suicide, think of linda and all that she's gone through why did my husband why are we having to go there i don't know linda but i'm gonna tell you right now it doesn't make sense to me but i'm gonna tell you this this world's full of pain and death and difficulty but i am telling you right now there's gonna be a day when all this stuff's over and thank you you better lean into jesus you better teach your kids about jesus you better show them remind them i'm church helps because you can hear it in here but when you're gone and you're even away, you need jesus period So I always tell people, and this is it, I don't care if, if there's a lot of different methods to church. There's a lot of, you can argue about this and what I think about, just make sure you understand without Jesus, we ain't got no hope. Because sin came in through one man, but boy, it was made right through one man. And all I'm going to do is keep leaning on him and keep trusting him and doing my very best to go, God, I'm mad about it, I'm frustrated. God is good all the time. No, you're not. I'm mad right now, God. I'm frustrated, I'm hurt. But I'm going to force myself, I'm going to push myself to trust you and believe that you're going to make it right. That there will be no more tear, no more grief, no more pain, no more sickness, no more disease, no more murder, no more starving, no more wars. It's going to happen. But here's the thing, don't you want to get out of here you're like, well I just want to go to heaven, I just want to go to heaven. Let me give you the other thing that I have kind of blew my mind with. Don't you quit and quit your griping and quit your complaining and start understanding why you're still on the planet. If Jesus wanted you gone, guess what? You'd be gone. But he has you here for this reason. Are you ready? The darker it gets, the more challenging, the more difficult, the more discouraging it gets. Matthew 5. You're the light that shines for the world to see. So in the middle of everything that happened this weekend, we had a full chase from Bossier into Shreveport, back into Bossier, back into Shreveport. A young girl dies, 30 police officers involved. All of this stuff's going on, a horrific wreck. And all I can think is that one in the morning when the phone rings and they say, Justin, can you come? I need you to help walk through. Ray Rainey's out there with the Louisiana State Police. And some of you go, why did you take on the chaplain job? I'm like, God. Ray, why do you, because here it is, you ready? Because you're the light that shines for the world to see. In the same way, you should be a light for other people. So if you only get with people who have good things going on in their life, and you only get with people that, oh, praise the Lord, we're just singing, oh, thank you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nothing bad happened to me. Praise God. God's good all the time. Everything's good. No, the truth is he's like, no, I want you to praise me, but I want to make sure you understand something, that you need to be in the darkness. Because when you go out there and you live your life and you bring them encouragement and you reveal me to them, the light impacts the darkness. So then he says, so live so that they'll see the good things that you do. Why are y'all always doing good? Why are y'all taking church off and doing a do-good day in July through the whole summer? Why are you going to take it off and force us back? I'm going to tell you why. It's because this world needs to see more good. And how they're going to see it is through the Christians that are the light. And the reason you and I are here is on the end they will praise our Father in heaven. So why do you do the funeral when somebody calls? Why do you go to the call in the middle of the night? Why do you go to the hospitals when nobody else wants to go to the COVID unit? When everybody's politically arguing, this is my opinion by God. We blah, 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 blah. And people are dying. And nurses are exhausted and they're all beat up. Why do you go to Honduras? Honduras is the most dangerous place in the world. I can't believe you take my kids halfway around the world. Why do you go to Juarez? And do you know Juarez is the drug capital of the world. Let me tell you why, Christian. It's because you're supposed to go into the darkness. You're not supposed to sit in the comfort of a great church, listen to great music, having things itch my ears. You know, that's the problem with the symbol church. They just do sermons just itching my ears. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Because I'm going to tell you, itching ears is when you do things that make yourself comfortable, when you like a Bible study more than you like serving people that are homeless or hungry. You're talking about itching ears is when you decide, I don't, I'd rather get political that I would try to actually love on someone at the worst moment of their life. It's ears is when you say, you know what, I just want to kind of do it the way I want to do it, and do the music the way I want to do it, and make sure everybody's just happy, when the truth is, you or I following Jesus didn't get that option. People are hurting. It's dark. It's difficult. They don't need a sermon of you trying to convince them they're wrong. When your child is being buried, When your mom is being buried because a disease has taken them out. They don't need you to sit there. Let me tell you what your problem is. It's probably your sin or the fact that she ate too many little Debbies. If she had cut out the little Debbies, she wouldn't have been diabetic and she wouldn't be going through. They don't need any of that. What they need is an I'm so sorry. Man, I love you. What can I do to help? And when things get bad, you got two options. You ready for this? We're almost done. Remember this message. If I'm dead and gone tomorrow, please carry this on. Do not just keep meeting to sing songs. Don't just come in here and go, man, we just need a good sermon. Can we agree that if I'm dead and gone tomorrow, that you will gather to go, how are we going to be light in the darkness? How are we going to change this world? How are we going to solve problems? How are we going to make this world better? How are we going to stay away from politics? Because here, by the way, you got me on the soapbox. Boy, this is bad, 930. Can you imagine 11 was happening? 930. If politics could change the world, why hasn't it? If you think your side winning is going to make it better, you've both been in office. You've had it for a long time. If you think government is the answer for all of us or any of us, and if you can just get them in or just get, what I'm telling you, the answer is, is for you and I as Christians to say, Jesus, help me to be the light in the darkness. And help me when the world is full of hate and division. Read the New Testament to be so full of love, Jesus. And get me out of the way. (laughs) Because just like you, I get it and I get frustrated and I get mad. I'm like, Jesus, oh Lord, help us. Jesus, help me. I'm hurting, they're hurting. We just got to find a way to love them. And when it's dark and it's difficult and it's discouraging and everything's going wrong, you got two options. You can run away from the problem or you can run to it. You can say, I ain't dealing with all that. I'm going to go to somewhere that they all agree with me. I'm going to go find somewhere that everybody says exactly what I want to say and does exactly the way I like it, and that's why we have 9,000 churches. And the world ain't no better. Because all we want is somebody to agree with. Just agree with me. Make me feel better about what I believe. Make me feel better. Ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? And the truth is, he's like, dude, it ain't about you being right. It's about the fact that the world is full of brokenness and sin and hurt, and you're here to be light in the darkness and you i'm challenging you to run to the problem not away from it and how do we know that because that's what jesus did that's what he did god has shown us love by sending his son into the world into the sin that he didn't create right this is the idea that we chose that our free will led to this sin and that sin led to pain and sickness and death and he's like but i'm gonna run into the world to fix it so that you can have life through me this is jesus so here's the thing. So get ready to wrap up. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. You're going to have to sit quiet and listen. Because this is the thing. I understand if your pain, your, whatever it was, the disease, the loss of your loved one, caused you to run away from God. Because I get it. If it's burying your kid, you, dude, I can't follow God like that. I'm not going to go to church where that's the way it is. I get it. But let me give you some really good news if you happen to be listening. He still runs to you. And how you got to watch this video and how you got in this room is because he said, I ain't going to give up on you. And in Luke 15, this is one of my favorite scriptures, while the son was a long way off, his father saw him. Man, God sees you watching today. He sees you in your room. He sees you in your college room, your living room. He sees you watching on your phone. He sees you in this room. He sees you in North Dallas. He says, and while he's a long way off, he saw you. And filled with what? This is Jesus telling the story about how his father looks at us, of how he looks at us filled with tender love he saw his son who had gone off into sin and done everything he had to do and this is my favorite part and Jesus says the daddy ran to him Jesus loves you and guess what, he's running to you today too the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Psalm says, man when you feel like you need somebody to save you and to help you, he says man I feel you I got you I'm going to run to you you, even though you feel like you're getting crushed by the world and the sickness and the pain and the death, he says, no, I'm coming to you because he's close to you. You go, just what are you talking about? You're going to do it different. Well, usually there's no Steve Hartman video. I'm going to take it a little bit deeper, a little bit heavier, but a little bit better maybe. When I was in Nashville, I worked for a company called Forefront Records. They had a lot of different artists, but one of those artists was this group right here. It's DC Talk they were very phenomenal they were everybody loved them they were kind of the pinnacle they were on everything man from arsenio hall to all the tv shows they were impacting the world all of these guys you saw kevin on this stage we interviewed him he sang but most people if you didn't grow up in there you don't know anything about it but these guys had it michael tate still out there with newsboys i mean they're all just great guys but toby mack guy in the middle he's kind of a leader he's got to brought it all together great guy well he has a son Name is it this is a picture of him here and in the midst of all the darkness and the pain and all this other stuff was going on, what many of you may not know is at 21 years old, True had left this planet way too early. Appeared to be a drug overdose. Wasn't intentional, but he's gone. And in all that pain and all that difficulty, when you're a Christian artist and it's hype and it's fun and we're DC talking, we're rocking and rolling, when the stuff hits the fan and it's dark and it's difficult, You'll really see what's going on. And this is why I love Toby, because he just comes out and keeps it real. So I pulled this video together, and I want you to hear him talk, and I want you to hear him sing, and just relax for a minute, and then we're going to walk out of here. Because i got plenty of time. I'm watching the clock. You ain't got to worry about anything. You just sit down for a minute and let God speak to you through one of my friends as he talks about one of the darkest moments in his life and the lessons that he learned and how we can, in the darkness, still look for the light be the light, and let the Father run to us and hold us when we need it. Watch.
2: I met a guy in Austin, Texas, and he lost his son. And it was before I lost Truett. I actually was playing Austin. And he was a guy I'd never met that said I could come play his golf course with him. When I went and played with him, he told me he lost his son. And he told me all about a car accident. It was really interesting. He told me a few things that that were like preparing me, kind of. And I'm not trying to overthink this thing. But, you know, he told me that when you go through something hard and you, you, you have to grab onto something you can trust. And his thing was grab on, grab onto a promise of God. This he told me after, because he called me. He said, you're gonna wanna grab onto a promise of God. And he goes, but just make sure you grab onto something God really promised us. Because when we're in the darkest valley, we might grab onto something that God never promised us at all. He said, make sure, you know, God, you might grab onto something like I shouldn't be facing loss or God's good and he shouldn't this shouldn't happen to me on earth but he said that's not promises of God God didn't promise us we wouldn't face loss he goes God promised us that he would never leave us or forsake us that's what he promised us so God doesn't always take away the cold he promises that he'll be right there in it with us that's what I held on to and I found him there or he found me there
0: Did he see you from a long way off? Running to him with a father's heart? Did you wrap him up inside your arms and let him know that he's home? I'm still singing with the angels Are you happy where you are i be where you are Till this show over Will you run into my arms 21 years makes a man full grown 21 years, what a beautiful loan 21 years I loved everyone Thank you, love, my beautiful son
2: So through what I've experienced and the grief I've experienced and what I've walked through, the raging storm, the deepest valley, I I just feel like um, I didn't know God stayed close in those times. But I've learned that he does. I really have.
0: We gonna see the light we gon' see the light, you and me, you and me, we gon' see the light, we gon' see the light, we gon' see the light, you and me, yeah, you and me, so go on and live your Let your burden let on fade away. So go on and lift your hands up to where your help is coming from and let your. Stand, fade away. Some things will never be the same Some things are only for a season And just the thought of letting go Well, it's brought me to my knees if we can make it, we can make it through the night. I, I can promise that the sun is going to rise. We'll wake up just a little bit stronger. So hold on just a little bit longer. Because it don't matter where you come from. I know we can get through this. It might feel like it's been so long, but we keep on keeping on. It might feel like an uphill climb always some kind of battle, but you got more than you on your side, and we gonna see the light, we gonna see the light, we gonna see the light, you and me, you and me, we gonna We gonna see the light
1: Can you put your hands together, man, for him? There's a lot of things I thought about when I was putting the video together just because I know Toby and I thought about Michelle and Tim and Landry and Many of you have seen or experienced only from a distance someone losing a child, but I don't know what that's like. But I've walked with people through that. And I thought about it's kind of, you know, weird. Ian's playing bass today, and I'm thinking, if that was my kid, my baby boy that I lost, man, I'd be a wreck, man. So I'd have to lift my hands up. All right, Lord, help me. I don't understand it. And then I start thinking about like, we're here, and you and I have an opportunity to help other people that can't lift their hands up. And that's why I'm proud of you, Simple Church. I'm proud of you for a lot of reasons. Not because you're built some big building, we have some big building campaign and we've reached some goal not because we have some big tape ministry or television ministry it really just comes down to is I want you to be like Jesus and be willing to lift people's hands up when they, they can't and how you do that is by loving on them and meeting the needs and solving problems and doing good and being the light And the only way I can do that is to stay connected to Jesus in the midst of all that's going on. And this is why through messages, encouragement, a psalm like this speaks to me. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. When you start getting dark and you can't be an encouragement and you find yourself negative and you think you're maybe hurting the kingdom more than you're helping Get in the fountain and turn off the news. Can I get an amen on that? And go find a way to serve somebody. If you remember Jesus, he came to this planet and he said, I came to take on the form of a servant, not to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many. Now follow my example. This world needs it. So when everybody's asking why, don't give them a political reason. Don't try to argue your point on why. America is this and we're going to that. Let's point back to the fountain of life. And as we stay in his light, we're going to see the light and we can be the light. Father, in a world that's desperate for hope and help, you left us here on this planet for a reason. You put us in this generation at this time. We're not in World War II. That was a generation for that time. You put us here because you knew we would be able to do it. Because your kingdom's at stake. and Some people are in North, North Dallas. You place them there specifically. Others are in St. Louis and Hawaii and the West Coast, Georgia. All these people watching. Minnesota. All these people watching all over. You put them right where they're at for a reason. But you also put us right here in Shreveport, Bossier. When everybody in here said, just be better to move. Dallas got any openings over there? But you're like, no, I got you here for a reason. Because the darker it gets, the brighter you need to shine. Help us, Jesus, to be like you and do that wherever we are. If that's Honduras, Juarez, Cedar Grove, North Dallas, help us to be like you. And whenever the pain and the darkness comes in, help us to be the light. If someone God is watching and they need you, I pray that they will not fall for a church or not make a decision to join a church, but that they would run to you And they would see that you're real and that you love them and that you solved the problem. You didn't create it, you solved it. You sent your son to this world and you promised he will come again and he will make it right. But we need to have a relationship with him. So Jesus, if they don't know you, thank you for making it simple. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you to come in my life and change me. And you say you'll meet them right there. Help them, Jesus, to do that, the ones that need that today. Thank you again, Father, for helping us be the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere one time? Come on. That's week one. All right. Praise the Lord. Tune in next week and you can watch it online and uh, I'll tell you more of my pain and my struggle. And hopefully you'll have a good time and learn some things and help some people, all right? I love you and got you out of here on time. Can I get an amen on that? That's what I'm talking about. No services here next week. Tune in online and watch it. Until then, what do we say? Peace. Thanks for coming.